Hey guys, welcome back to FBT. We're on episode 40. Um, very happy to have uh, retired MMA legend Chris Lytle on the show. Uh, he's one of the most exciting fighters to ever do it and step in the cage. Um, 54 MMA fights, never been knocked out or submitted. That is like a, a crazy achievement in itself. Um, Chris, you want to say hi to the listeners? Yeah, hi, hey, uh, thanks for having me on. I want to congratulate you on having this being your 40th episode, that's uh, that's quite a bit right there. So a lot of good work for you. Uh, one more thing I'd like to touch on when you were doing that. Uh, um, to be honest with you, I think I've had quite a, more than more than 54 fights. It's funny because when wow. I, I started fighting back in 1998, they didn't, you know, they didn't really keep internet records very well. And come mm. to find out, like they wouldn't really, they wouldn't really put any of my fights on there that they consider to be non-sanctioned bouts, you know? Mm, so when I first okay. started fighting back in 1998, there was no really sanctioned bouts, you know what I mean? Yeah, Who yeah. had a commission? Nobody. So like all those early, all those early bouts, I think they had me like being a, my first fight, I think on record is in Japan, I think, or something. I was like, there was no, I wasn't 0-0 and they go, Hey, you go to Japan. I had to win like 10 fights before that. So there's just a lot of fights that aren't on there, but <laughs> wow. Um, so, it's just funny, you know, growing up, not really growing up, the sport was so young back then, the sport's grown up quite a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's crazy, like, how, how do you feel about the um the growth of, like, the sport, Chris? It must be crazy to to, to be one of, like, the pioneers, and, and it's all small and, and uh kind of like an underground sport in a way. Now it's all mainstream. What do you think about that? You know, it's amazing how, how the sport has changed. And not only that, the public perception of the sport has changed. I remember back in the 90s, if you're fighting, uh, you're getting, I remember going to Japan in like 1999, having some fights there. Mm-hmm. People, you, you know, you tell them where you, what you're doing, like, you're going to go <laughs> fight in a, yeah. a cage or a ring or this kind of look at you like, oh, grab yeah. their kids and kind of take two steps farther away, you know, like, I don't know, it's just, it's, <clears throat> The the way people thought of it then was totally different. It's good mm-hmm. to see that it's getting more mainstream recognition, you know, mm-hmm. more and more every day. I would say so that it's been very good in that aspect. I mean, plus just to see the evolution of the sport. I mean, I started mm-hmm. when I first started training. I think the first UFC had happened about four and a half years before that. So mm-hmm. I was the sport was still in its infancy and just you know had guys who were he's a good you say who you're gonna fight? Oh, he's a good kickboxer. He's a good grappler or Mm-hmm. He's a good jujitsu, but there was nobody who was doing good at multiple things. You know, now mm-hmm. everybody's good mm-hmm. at everything. You have to be good at everything. That, that wasn't the case back then. So it was just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as we were growing as fighters, the sport was evolving very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy how, like, guys, um, they used to come in with one discipline, and uh, that was, like, their thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, kickboxer versus grappler. And now, like, guys are just training mixed martial arts from the start, and they're just coming in so well-rounded. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And, um, and, and what you said about like the growth, like, like I've been into it for like forever before it was like popular. Um, I got some training under my belt, but by no means am I a fighter, but, um, I, I do love the sport. And like you said, like, you know, I would try to talk to people about it back in the day and they would have no idea what I'm talking about. They wouldn't know what an arm bar is. They wouldn't know like any of these fighters, you know, um, and pride fighting championships and everything. And, uh, it's beautiful, like you know what it's become now. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, my favorite, my favorite thing was always when people when people would go, 
Uh, yeah, is that is that Royce Gracie still whooping everybody? And yeah. they said they are. You know, Royce is like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there. yeah. It's so it's so funny. Um, and uh, yeah, and people used to they used to view it as so crazy. Now it's like viewed as like just like an art in a way. You know, um, I know like the actress mm-hmm. Mel, Mel Streep was just like on some awards show, and she was um, kind of <laughs> yeah, she was kind of putting it down MMA, and it's like ah, uh, she don't know what she's talking about, but that's okay. You know? uh, she's getting beat up on the in the media a lot for that, so I'm happy. Yeah, kind of ignorant comments, but um, but anyway, Chris. Well, um, here's the thing that here's the thing that really bothers me about that with her comment is the fact that first of all, I'm pretty sure she doesn't know a lot about the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if you're saying that back in the year 2002 when there's a lot more, okay, but he, he, she doesn't know a lot about the sport. But here's the thing that gets me about it is she's talking about human decency and how to treat people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Roman Polanski was a known, you know, he raped a 13 year old, right. had to flee the country. Now, when he gets an award, she stands up and applauds. So, what, where's a human decency? Good and, point. And he's your friend, I get it, but he's still a rapist. So, what do you, you know, I, right. if, if, if it's in your group and the things that you find important, then mm-hmm. you're, you're a different, higher class. I don't know, she just really put mm-hmm. a class distinction there, how her and her people are better than the common person who actually does enjoy watching. Mm-hmm, you know, the mixed mm-hmm. martial arts. So it just kind of really let her, you know, she's an elitist, and I just, that's the way I interpret what she said. So, yeah, I, no, I'm with you, Chris. I just think, you know, she's just like really uneducated on the sport and, and like what's involved with it and, and what it takes mm-hmm. to be like an elite fighter, you know, or just like get in there. Um, it's, it's definitely, it's an art, you know, um, but some people just see like the outside, like the brutality of it and they don't get it. You know, like, oh, why would you do that? Well, you know, it's like a test of like will. Some people want to test themselves, and I love the sport. You know, and it was kind of they were kind of ignorant uh, statements. I, I could take. I played sports my whole life. You know, and football, baseball, basketball, everything. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely the good thing about this. It kind of it takes everything in your power to build it and complete 100 percent dedication to be good at this. And like you're saying, this is an art form when you have. You know, multiple different types of disciplines involved. You can't be a boxer. You can't be a kickboxer. You have to be a boxer, wrestler, grappler, jiu-jitsu. You know, you have to kind of know how to do everything. And a lot of, you don't get a lot of punks in there because there's a lot of, you know, discipline, hard work. And I mean, just, just the, uh, you know, I would say, you know, from all the sports I played, it, it takes more of your complete and total life, mm-hmm. uh, and dedication. So you lots mm-hmm. of the people in there, um, you're not getting too many idiots like I think you have in other sports or even just other professions in general. I think most of them are very hard work. You have to be hard working, mm-hmm. first of all. I mean, just, you know, well uh, studied because there's a lot of study and discipline when it comes to being involved with something like this. So mm-hmm. I, I understand how people have the misconceptions somewhat, but, you know, if you really look into it, it's 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 pretty impressive. Yeah, the the personalities and like um like guys come from like all walks of life too, you know. Um, like Rich Franklin was a guy like he was like a math teacher and people like wouldn't expect that. Yeah. You know? But mm-hmm. people people view it from the outside like oh cage fighting like these guys are like Neanderthals and you know um mm-hmm. it's just um uh just like basically like ignorance or refusal refusal to like learn about the sport. But um, sure. Chris, yeah. I got a question for you. So um. I know you probably, you probably answered this uh, a million times, but like, how did you even get involved into MMA? And was it like the traditional, you know, were you like bullied growing up or, or did you want to test yourself? 
Well, I would say more than anything, it was the fact that I was a competitive wrestler um, a lot of my life. Like I said, I played a lot of different sports, but the one I liked the most, you know, when I was in school and everything was wrestling. They're very similar, you know, very similar work ethic, one-on-one, you and one of the person out there. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And then when I you know, first started hearing about this, you know, one of the one of the guys I knew from wrestling was like, hey, I'm doing this stuff. And he called it shoot fighting. I was like, shoot fighting, what is that? <laughs> and then he said, well, yeah. It's like wrestling, but you can do like chokeholds and arm bars, and mm-hmm. you can also do like kickboxing. You can punch and kick. So I was like, okay, I'll go there. It just immediately when I went to the gym, you know, these were some you know older people than me, <clears throat> and I was immediately, I would say, better than most of them. You know, I was pretty good right away. My wrestling background, mm-hmm. uh, I, I worked real hard, and, and so immediately I was beating a lot of these guys. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I really liked it when I started, you know, as winning. And then I went and watched a fight that they put on, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, this is something I'd like to compete in. Mm-hmm. And then I remember we had a guy named Jason Gatsi who was really doing well <laughs> over in uh, Pancrase there over in Japan. So I was mm-hmm. like, man, I want to go fight Japan. So yeah. I started seeing all these things, and I just started, you know, I started doing things where I like training twice a day. You know, <laughs> when you mm-hmm. start yeah. doing things like that, you get better a lot quicker. But it was just something. You know, I just really enjoyed the competition. You know, mm-hmm. I enjoyed um, the fact of being able to go in there and just, you know, succeeding in something's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. But I mean, you know, it, it's a it, it, people don't really understand when you, you know, you you find out you have a fight mm-hmm. and you really say, okay, I've got two months to train for this fight. You do everything you can for two months. Mm-hmm. You know, as a goal-oriented person that builds up, you know, okay, I got to do this, this day, I got to do this, and you, you you know, there's that that but one day when you're you're going to test it, you're going to win, you're going to lose. And when you go there and work real hard and you mm-hmm. achieve that goal, man, it's just mm-hmm. such a good feeling, such a release of pressure. Yeah. And, you know, endorphins make you so happy. I mean, it's like, mm. you know, usually a lot of times when you set a goal, you don't, there's not like a day when you're like, I want to eat better, I want to be a better person, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's no one day when you get to test that and either you're successful and it's great mm-hmm. or when you're not successful, man, that's a very, it's a very it's painful a low, feeling, right? but mm-hmm. It's a very low, but at the same time, you appreciate the high a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So it makes you really want to. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this again, and I gotta get that that feeling of you know success and mm-hmm. um, just a very you know satisfaction. And the mm-hmm. satisfaction that brings is so high. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing how exciting and how happy that the, mm-hmm. the, the victories can make. I mean, you'll be on like a different plane of happiness for you know. It's funny, like the first day, you're you just it doesn't even feel real sometimes. And then, Cloud nine, huh? You know, throughout like the next week, yeah, the high is like still going on for like the next week. And then it mm. kind of, it goes down a little bit, but it's still kind of there. And then it kind of goes and eventually it fades away. And then you need mm-hmm. to do it again. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, like I have some understanding of it, like just from like my training and stuff. It's, it's like, a, um, mm. it's like such a, a primal form <laughs> of like competition, you know? Um, and then, and like you said, like it's all on your back. You know, like winning or losing is like oh, all on you. You know, you're in that cage and, and, you know, the hard work you put in is going to like show itself or not. So, um, it, but part of the, the highs, Chris, is that part of like the, the addiction, like to, to want to go in there and feel <clears throat> that like rush? A hundred percent. I mean, very much so when people, I, I know why a lot of the fighters, they have trouble leaving the sport. I mean, first of all, the main reason is financial. A lot of fighters, they tend to not be good with their money, so at the mm-hmm. end of the day, they need more money. But the other one, like for example, BJ Penn, I imagine, you know, I think he's probably good with his money, but he's, you know, he's getting ready to fight here. Mm-hmm. So, what is motivating him? I imagine it's, you know, that it's that, that fighter's heart, right? 
that feeling, that that <clears throat> that, that rush, and they just you know this is what you're here to do. You know, mm-hmm. you put everything in, you can work towards it, and you don't want to go out there and test myself again. Keep testing yourself, and um, you know that that if you can like bottle up that feeling of elation for the week after a fight, and you could put that in pill form. You know, you could. That's like, you know, heroin, marijuana, all those stuff would be gone because yeah, people would be buying this pill, you know? <laughs> that's so funny. I don't know. Maybe heroin is like that. I don't know. I've never been. So maybe that's mm-hmm. the problem. I, I don't know. Regardless, it, it, it's a very addictive feeling. So a lot of fighters, after they've had a taste of it, it's hard to let go of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big uh, uh, BJ Penn fan. I wish him well. He's fighting Yari Rodriguez, and uh, that kid's like, he's pretty nasty. Um, but BJ is mm-hmm. just like a throwback. You know, he's a, a fighter's fighter, just like you, Chris. I always viewed you as just like a fighter's fighter, Thank man. You. So exciting to watch. Um, Chris, so um, you have a boxing background, wrestling, and you're a Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu black belt, right? Actually, that's that's not really true. I've been given... I've been given a uh, uh, a title of uh, black belt for for no gi stuff. So the jiu jitsu okay. guys I trained with said, "Here, use a no gi. You're a no gi black belt." But I mean, I've never mm-hmm. really formally been through the belt mm. system with the gi and whatnot. Okay. And I've I've trained it a little bit, but not really. Um, yeah. I don't own a gi. I never. I was always one. You know, I was always of the belief that I I fight. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's no gi in the fight. I don't mm-hmm. want to really train like that because mm-hmm. one of the reasons was, you know, I, I, I'm not like a lot of the fighters who this is, this is all their life is consistent of, you know, I've whole t- almost the whole time I've been on the fire department pretty much the whole time I fought, you know, and I had mm-hmm. four kids. So I, I was fairly busy. I didn't That's have incredible. time to go, like, okay, I'm going to go to jujitsu class. I mean, you know, it just, it, it was what it was. I would have liked to went to jujitsu. It was like, I didn't have time. You know, I was training for fights. I was helping my, People who help me train for fights, I help them get ready for fights. And there's mm-hmm. only so many hours in my day. You know, I was working, you know, 50 hours a week at the fire department trying to raise kids. I was like, I, I don't want to have time to go, mm-hmm. you know, do a, an art that really isn't going to translate over to me fully. I don't mm-hmm. think. I mean, mm-hmm. I think jujitsu is very good and it does translate over. But you know, when I only have, let's say, four hours in the day to train, I would rather mm-hmm. do things that are going to be. 100% applicable on something that's going to be not as applicable. Mm-hmm. applicable. So that's how it worked out. Yeah. So like, like straight BJJ, like, I mean, obviously you don't have punches and kicks involved. So, I mean, there is a difference. Like there, there's some straight BJJ guys that went in and, uh, they didn't do so well, like Marcelo Garcia. Um, but like Damian Maya, like adapted, you know, um, perfectly. So mm-hmm. I, I can see what you're saying, how like, you know, you did no gi grappling and you wanted to mimic, you know, situations like an actual MMA fight, like without a gi, um, which is smart. Oh, exactly. You know, and it, it, you know, I didn't want, I mean, cause you know, I, like I said, I've done both and there's just a, a there, it's a much slower pace when you use a gi because somebody, when you're trying to move your leg, they can just grab your pant leg and hold it there. I'm like, well, I can't do that in a fight. You no. Know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if I learn this and I grab your pant leg and you can't do it, well then a fight, that's, I'm going to have a false confidence that I can't do anymore. So mm. I don't really want to, I never really want to train like that when I had limited time to be able mm-hmm. to, to, to do what I, what I wanted. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like you said, Damian Maya, he's one of the, I would say one of the exceptions. I wouldn't say one of the norms on the jujitsu guys mm-hmm. tend to, very good at submission, but they kind of tend to struggle on other aspects. You know, it seems like mm-hmm. they they're not quite as good at stand up or, or whatnot. Now you have, mm-hmm. you know, one of the few guys who I think was very good. Well, is what we're talking about, BJ Penn, right here. He was really yeah, kind of good at everything. So, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he's he's pretty good all over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Chris, what do you think is the most effective um, 
you know, martial art to have under your belt. Like you said that you, you had an edge because you know how to wrestle. Would you say wrestling or mm-hmm. striking? You know what? I would, it's so weird. I mean, the, the sport is, you know, still evolving, I would say, but the way it's evolving, uh, I mean, it's where you have to know, you have to know grappling and jujitsu or you will never make it, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to know some wrestling as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's getting to be more and more of like a stand up based art because it seems like at one point it was just about the ground and people had to be good at the ground or they'd get, you know, taken down and submitted. And then it became mm-hmm. more, well, when you could kind of stop that and then, uh, you know, you had like the good wrestlers who were able to dominate because all well, they, they wouldn't get taken down. They kind mm-hmm. of learn how to box a little bit, but it just kind of keeps moving right now. It seems like everybody is really so good at stopping takedowns in the mm-hmm. cage or movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes a little bit more about uh, a stand-up. So it's mm-hmm. it's so hard to really say what the best discipline. And as a base, I would say you definitely need some form of you know wrestling with at least an amount of grappling knots and not get submitted, and mm-hmm. some form of kickboxing. So mm-hmm. it, it's very difficult to really classify those in any order. But because here's the thing: <laughs> if you're not good at any one of those, you're going to get beat a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're yeah. going to find that weakness. They're going to they exploit it. Beat you. So you kind of yeah, yeah. I mean, so you have to know. I would say all three of those. That that's the bare minimum. That's not adding mm-hmm. any, you know, boxing or Muay Thai with the elbows. That's just the bare minimum. You have to know how to not get taken down much, or if you mm-hmm. are on top or even on bottom, how to not get submitted, and you have to know how to strike. So there's mm-hmm. it's everything. Yeah, Chuck Liddell was real great at that. Uh, you know, not getting taken down. If he did, it just get right back up and keep it in his world. Um, very cool. Well, you know, Chuck was very fortunate for some reason. I never really understood why, but they didn't really focus on how good of a wrestler he was. I mean, mm. that was the thing. Chuck could knock you out, but, mm-hmm. I mean, people couldn't get him down the ground. To, to, I mean, some guys who are really good at knocking guys out get taken down, and they get held down, mm. stay in the bad position. Chuck mm-hmm. was beautiful at not getting taken down, and then he's going to hit you harder than anybody else. I mean, he's a guy who could be backing up and hit you and still knock people out. Still knock great. you out. So, <laughs> Yeah, heavy-handed guy who who can wrestle. Man, those are that's probably one that's of the scary <laughs> guys to fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why he was a champ for so long. Yeah, Chuck was the man. Um, so Chris, like as far as you, like I said this a few times, you're you're definitely one of the most exciting guys to ever step in there. And um, what do you like attribute you. that to? Oh, you're welcome. Uh, well, I attribute it to a couple things. One of them was, you know, and I don't. I personally think this is just. Uh, fortunate for how you're born. I, I have, I have a very good chin. You know, I've never been able to be knocked out. I've been knocked down a few times, but I always recovered, never been knocked out. So that gave me the ability mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to go out here and, you know, I'm going to try to hit this guy as hard as I can. If he hits me, that's fine. You know, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm willing to, to give one to, to take one to trade mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, so, mm-hmm. uh, but that, and then, you know, I, I had my, you know, my mentality was, I remember I lost. That uh, split decision to Matt Sayer, that was one of the few fights ever where I was like, I just want to win this fight. I don't care if it's a boring fight. I don't care. I'm just going to try and win. Mm-hmm. And when I lost that split decision, you know, he got a lot more money than me in a title fight and everything. I was, I was, that distraught. was the finale, was right? The yeah. tough finale. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So <clears throat> his next fight, he got to fight St. Beer. He knocked him out, won the title, which mm-hmm. is funny because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I love Matt Sayer. Great guy. Uh, mm-hmm. still. Like him at this gay day, we, uh, whenever we see each other, we have a good time. So, so I was happy for him, but I was devastated, you know, so mm-hmm. I kind of got my mindset like I'm never going to try and win a decision 
again, no matter what. If I go the distance, I feel like I lost. So my job isn't to go out there and hope that three people who, you know, I, might be good or might be bad for them to give me the nod to say I win. My job is to go out there and try and take this person out. And if not, I at least want everybody in the crowd to go, wow, that mm-hmm. that was awesome. You know, I want them to – I wanted everybody to say if they saw there was a pay-per-view card and they go, mm-hmm. well – Chris Vidal's on it. Uh, I, I'm going to rent this one because I at least know there'll be a couple it's good fights. It's going to be a fight, you know? yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, there'll be if nothing else, there'll be at least one good fight that I'm like, hey, I'm glad I got that. That you know, that mm-hmm. was my goal is to make everybody be like, I got to see this guy fight. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care if he's fighting first on the card, last when mm-hmm. he's fighting, but I'm going well, to watch a fight. Yeah, and that was kind of my thought was I want to go out there, do that, and, and you know, I want all the fighters to know too that I, I don't want to fight this guy. I want them to think, man, this guy. I'm not going to knock him out. I'm not going to submit him. Mm-hmm. We're going to bang. It's going to be a tough fight. And maybe I'll win or maybe I'll, or I might get knocked out or submitted. That, that's kind of my thought is I want the fighters to, you know, respect mm-hmm. me and, and really not want to fight me. And I want the fans <laughs> to be like, I got to watch this guy. Yeah. I think, you know, fighting with that mentality, Chris, like to finish, um, you're not, you're not, you're never like a loser, even if you lose, because like the fans really appreciate that, you know? I know, I yeah, do. Well, and what the UFC really started, well, I appreciate it. But that what really helped out when the UFC started doing things like this. People don't understand how much, like, importance there is on winning based on that's what your pay's coming from. You know I mean? You're going to get mm-hmm. twice as much. I think I lost about maybe 40 split decisions in the UFC, maybe five total. I can't remember. But regardless, I remember, you know, when you lose a split decision, that, you know, because that one judge, you know, extra judge thought you didn't win, mm-hmm. you might get half your paycheck. You know, you mm-hmm. might be the difference between getting – you know, thirty and sixty thousand dollars, maybe a hundred. You know, just depends. But well, that's mm-hmm. pretty tough. So yeah. what really helped out when the UFC started coming up with with their bonus system, and they would say, "Hey, if you go out there and you lay it on the line, you're probably going to get rewarded." So I mm-hmm. always had this great confidence on. I'm just going to go out there, and, and and that takes that whole you know financial aspect out of it. I never worried about that because mm-hmm. like, hey, even if I go out there and I lose, you know, the UFC is going to say, "Chris, compensate. you laid it on the line. Here you go." We're going to mm-hmm. compensate you for how you fought. And that's really mm-hmm. what you need to do, I think. And that's the, that's the bothersome thing to me in a way. Nowadays, you know, the, the purses have gotten a lot higher and there's mm-hmm. a lot more on the line. So whenever you have somebody maybe trying to win the title or the worst of all time is a title elimination fight. So whoever wins this fight gets a shot at the title. Mm-hmm. Those fights are always terrible because the guys are afraid to lose. Mm-hmm. Nobody's mm-hmm. going out there and going for it. They're not trying to throw a caution in the wind, knock the guy out. I mean, it might happen, but usually those fights are kind of boring because <laughs> mm-hmm. you just get a guy who's trying to figure out how he has to win. I can out-jab this guy. I can try and take him down and hold him down. Whatever it takes, they're not mm-hmm. really going out there with the, you know, kill or be killed. At finish. How do I How do I manage this fight and squeak out the victory and go to the next one? Because that, a lot of their pay is based on that and, mm-hmm. and their rankings, and it sucks, but that's that's why I would love to see the commissions get together and make it more of like a pride style scoring system where they say, mm-hmm. Hey, who's being more aggressive? Who's going for the finish? Who's coming mm-hmm. off? You're not, who's out jabbing the guy. Because penalties for stalling. I want fights that are exciting. Pardon me? No, um, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like penalties for like stalling. Remember they had like the red cards and the yellow cards. Oh yeah. The yellow cards. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> exactly. You know, if you're just hanging on, not trying to do anything that, you know, I, I love that idea because not only mm-hmm. with the yellow card, not only was that like, hey, you're, you're losing points. Hey, I think you're losing money too. So the fighters don't <laughs> yeah, want to that, do that. That motivates losing people. Money. Oh no! Exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. That's exactly what it did. So I mean, I love that system. I wish 
we can kind of implement a little bit more of that because mm-hmm. here's another problem I have with how they score. You know, the 10-point must system is, you know, I understand for boxing when you have a 12-round fight or something, but when you have a three-round fight, I, I, I don't like that. You have a guy who, you know, dominates one round, almost knocks a guy out, and then you have a guy who two close rounds and, and you never know what they're going to say, and they might mm-hmm. give the two close rounds to one guy who I don't think won the fight, but he did mm-hmm. on the 10-point must. I mean, you know, I think they need to start learning how to give more 10-8 rounds or 10-7 to or, you know, make it a little mm-hmm. bit fair compared to if somebody barely wins a round, that's a 10-9. If you dominate the round, it shouldn't be a 10-9. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Um, some of the scoring, Chris, like I watch some of these fights and it's crazy. Like I'm sitting there like, how did they score that way? You know, how did they give it to this one guy? It's just insane. Um I think, um, also like the judges, they just have to be a little more educated, you know, like on the sport. Um, I remember like a few years ago, it was real bad. I don't know if they just, the judges had just like boxing backgrounds and they went by that, but it was nuts, man. Um, I don't really want to drop names well, on fights <laughs> and like call you know, I know, results yeah. I, out. I, I, could, I could think of some real recently, man, but me too. Anyway, I, I mean, recent, there's been a lot of them, but I mean, regardless, I mean, what I would like to see is more. You know, retired fighters maybe becoming judges because I think they would have a much better understanding of, of what's going on. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. want, you know, somebody who's, you know, in their mid fifties who's never been in a fight in their life. Well, mm-hmm. this is what's going on. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe that's what it is, but I, I would prefer to see people who have more of an intimate knowledge of what's going on out there. I think they're going to give a, a fair account of what's happening. So. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a, a great idea, Chris, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody who knows what's going on, they, they, they'll judge it properly. They see the little intricacy, like aggression should count for something, pushing the pace, um, so many things. And it's weird because like with the scoring, um, I don't really think, um, fighters get a lot of like, uh, points for, for, um, you know, like you get points for for getting a takedown, but what about stuffing it? Like, did they really take that into yeah. consideration? <clears throat> I mean, here, here, here's here's another weird thing: is this is totally dependent on who's judging that night. I mean, sometimes, you know, especially when you get a split decision. I mean, what that tells me is, you know, if if we'd have fought, you know, maybe the next week, maybe I would have won that split decision. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he would have won. You know, you just. You're totally dependent on the judge. It would be nice, you know, in a way almost if you knew how a judge was thinking and you could be mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to set up my fight based on this because this person's judging. I got to, I'm going to mm-hmm. try and take him down. I'm going to try and hit him. <clears throat> you know, it just, mm-hmm. you really don't know what they're looking for. Are they looking for the aggressor or are they looking for the guy who's, you know, throwing a lot of kicks or, and punches and barely hitting him. But, but, you know, just, mm-hmm. you'll have certain fights where that happens. You'll get like a, a guy who's trying to just, you know, get a lot of points. You get the other guy who's hitting harder. You just never really know. Who that judge is really, you know, favoring who, who they're who they're favoring, you know. So, yeah. you know what else I'd like to see? I don't understand why they don't do this in boxing. I think it'd be good to do it in MMA as well. I don't know why we have never went to this, but how about after each round they tally the scores and they make them public? Okay, um, mm-hmm. you lost that round. What? Okay, well now you got to know what you. So then round mm-hmm. two, you know, mm-hmm. okay, now you lost that one. I mean, in between rounds, it's cool. They turn in who won. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, the score. I mean, it'd be like having a basketball game and mm-hmm. at the end of the game, nobody knows the score and, you, and they shoot mm-hmm. a three point and we win. No, you lost by eight. Oh, well, I didn't know the score. Mm-hmm. How do you know the score? Why would you mm-hmm. do it like this? Cause what you're going to get, if you, if people know the score, <laughs> what's going to happen if they know I'm down two rounds of none, I got to knock this guy out. You're going to step gonna come it up. Oh, 
or if it's one round apiece, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, you know whoever wins that one round wins. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of a no-brainer. I'm just not sure why we've adopted this whole, you know, boxing mentality. Which I mean, mm-hmm. where, where you don't show the scores. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I think that'd be very interesting if we could kind of work it out the other way. That's an interesting idea, also. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I just think probably like. The, the sport is just like so like quote like new is probably still evolving. Um, those are some great ideas though. Um, a little bit off topic of the scoring, but, um, so Chris, like with fighting, you know, um, if you can give some insight, do you think it's, uh, it's a more mental thing or is it a physical thing? Like to win? I mean, obviously it's, it's both. Um, but obviously the mental, I think is, is, is probably, a bigger aspect, but I mean, you know, it, it's difficult. You have to have some physical, natural ability. I mean, that's just, you can't not have that and still be that successful. But I mean, you have a lot of guys with physical ability who, who aren't successful, you know, and you mm-hmm. have, it's not always just the most physically talented guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mental aspect I think has to, you know, at that level, you're getting everybody who's, who's pretty physically athletic. So at that point, mm-hmm. I think it's 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 mainly mental. So, mm. um, and that's just where you come into you know discipline, work ethic, mm-hmm. and, and mental toughness. I mean, there's it's funny you would be surprised at how many of the other people I would say <laughs> aren't quite as mentally tough as you might think. I mean, some mm. of them might have got by with this other you know aspects. They might be very you know, physically gifted, and they mm-hmm. you know might be able to hit really hard. And they might have landed some good punches, and they might have done some things. But I mean, there's sometimes mm-hmm. when when push comes to shove and, and they get in there and the fight gets tough, mm-hmm. they're not tough and they, they lose fold. those fights. I mean, it always kill me. Oh yeah, it always kill me. I mean, not to call anybody out here, but I'm mm-hmm. going to. Uh, you know, like <laughs> what really bothered me on one of those fights was I remember, I remember Brock Lesnar's fighting Shane Carwin for the mm-hmm. title. I think mm-hmm. you know, and and you know, I remember Shane Carwin is like eleven and zero with eleven first round stoppages. So I'm like, yeah. okay, right there. Jay mm-hmm. doesn't know how to fight. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. going to – that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking, I mean, mm-hmm. the guy is a great guy. He's he's very athletic and he can hit hard. Mm-hmm. I get that. But, you know, if you've never been past the first round, in my opinion, you don't really understand the sport yet. You know, mm-hmm. there's just a different level, like knowing, <clears throat> knowing how to pace yourself, knowing what's going on and mm-hmm. you know, how to dig deep and, and win a fight when you need to. Um, mm-hmm. He just didn't understand that. He doesn't understand that aspect. He, he understand that go up there and go 110% and, and knock the guy out. If you don't do that, then what do you do? You know, so – and then, you know, on the other side, you had, you know, Brock Lesnar, who, you know, I'm, he does know how to condition himself and he'd been rounds before, but I mean, to be honest with you, he's, he's just, he, what makes him so good was he's just physically so big and strong. He can mm-hmm. hit super hard mm-hmm. and he's a great wrestler. I get that. But I mean, you know, I think Brock has a little bit of, uh, uh, quite a bit of quit in, you know, if some if mm-hmm. push comes to shove and he's getting hit, he, he balls up and just doesn't want to get hit, you know? So mm-hmm. I mean, my thought about that whole thing was you've got two guys here fighting for, the biggest title in the world right now, and I don't think they're great, complete mixed martial artists. You no, know, mm-hmm, they're, they're mm-hmm. the best guys in the world right now because they're so big and they hit so hard and they're strong and they're athletic. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't know about that mental aspect, which I think is what has led those two guys to not really be at the top level anymore. Mm-hmm. I think you know physicality worked for to a certain extent, but I think now you've got people who are just. <laughs> you know, kind of surpass them with the other aspects of, you know, like mental toughness. And mm-hmm. that's why I think, you you know, typically, you know, like, like, especially at heavyweight, like good wrestlers tend to be pretty darn good because, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a lot of mental toughness right there. Mm-hmm. That's what I think the best thing about wrestling has, has brought is 
everybody, if you're in, in like a high level wrestler, you, you tend to be pretty mentally tough. That's a very disciplined, very, very tough mm-hmm. sport. And, mm-hmm. you know, it translates over very well. Yeah, I, I used to wrestle in high school and um I agree with you. Like it was like some of the toughest conditioning and uh besides like mixed martial arts and yeah, mental <laughs> toughness um for sure is like associated with wrestlers and and it, like with Brock too, like I agree with you. I just think like there was like rumors that like he wasn't really allowing people to hit him like in training. Like I don't know how much oh, yeah. tr- truth oh, yeah, there is with true. that, but I mean I've I've uh I know people who have trained with him and you know that mm-hmm. was that was the, the word there too they said if you even came near kick, i mean punching kicking i mean their, their camp was whoa 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 you know mm-hmm. what are you doing like well uh, uh we're sparring oh no 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 you know i mean so i'm like if you don't at least get t-, in my opinion <laughs> that was ronda rousey's big problem there, oh right? yeah too. i don't know how hard her sparring was because mm-hmm. the, the the fight isn't really the hard part it should be the practice before that that leads up to it you have to mm-hmm. take some hits you don't you don't go in there and bang and kill each other and spar. And you're not supposed to do that. However, you know what I, what what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go in there and spar people. And you you're getting tired and they throw a new guy in. You throw, you, you get tired and they throw another guy in. And you're working on how to deal with that tiredness and you know getting used to you know taking some hits and being able to roll with the punches and move. She looked like she was great at hitting the mid, <laughs> great at hitting the bag, which is all mm-hmm. offensive. But you you learn how to fight when you spar. You learn how to not get hit, to move, and how to just. Even when, like, if you are getting hit, you learn how to back away, you know, make, bring the other person to you where you could get them in close to a clinch. I mean, there's just a lot of different aspects that I feel like he didn't quite have there. And I think that his, you know, you have to, I mean, you have to actually spar. I don't know what else to say. Mm-hmm. It was kind of sad to watch because, I mean, she was just at the top of the sport and like her fall from grace is crazy. And I, and I felt bad for her and like, and the amount of like, um, crap she's getting on the internet, like people just attacking her. And I think part of that has to do with, um, I don't know, like she definitely came off as cocky and she was like abrasive. Yeah. And I think you're going to, you know, she dished it out and now she's getting it back and it's brutal. Uh, well, you know what I think a lot of that was, was, you know, her, a little bit of her attitude about the whole thing. You know, she, you know, the, at least being on a reality show, you know, she's, she's flipping people off the whole mm-hmm. time, won't shake hands after bad the fight. That's kind mm-hmm. of unheard of. Like, bad sportsmanship, <laughs> exactly. Now, the problem was, I think she was, you know, very, very good, obviously. Great. But I think she was like one of the first women really in the UFC, you know. Mm-hmm. So you talk about the sport growing and, and, and whatever. I think you've seen the women's division just totally the way surpassed her very quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think the problem has been that she was, and, pro- and probably still is one of the greatest on the ground there is. Great judo, obviously, great arm bars, but I mean, she's she's not that great of a stand-up fighter. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, these people are going, hey, I'm just going to keep her on my feet, and then mm-hmm. now, now you're an average fighter. So mm-hmm. uh, the sport has just kind of, once again, we just kept talking about kept growing and growing. The women's division mm-hmm. isn't very old, but I think it's grown very fast, and I think she's, you know, She's been surpassed, and the problem is she mm-hmm. still has this mentality that, you know, she believed the hype. She drank the Kool-Aid about you're the best mm-hmm. women fighter in the world, and not only that, you could beat a lot of men. That's how good you are. And I was oh, yeah. The whole time people would say that, I go, I like, you people that was out insane. of your mind. I mean, that was insane. I, I know. I'm like, what do you – you don't understand. I mean, it's just, it's just different, you know. Mm-hmm, I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand who thought that, but, I mean – 
but the point is she believed that mm-hmm. and now that's kind of how that she, it, trying to rationalize it that wasn't really the truth when she believed it is very mm-hmm. very difficult for her so i think she's mentally i don't think she'll ever fight again i don't yeah. i think it's over for her. yeah i, I agree and, with and you, it's, it's a shame too like you're saying i don't know i'm not saying she's a bad person i don't dislike her anyway mm-hmm. and like you said you feel bad for her because she was mm-hmm. kind of thrust into this position and, mm-hmm. and she just she believed what she was told. She she mm-hmm. she bought in, and now she figures out that that really was not and is not the case, and that's mm-hmm. devastating to her. So I feel very bad for her in that situation. Yeah, it must be like I was trying to put myself in her shoes, like mentally, and it's like if you if you have this image of yourself, you know, like how you said, she had all these people feeding these things to her. You're you know you're you can drop boxers and sparring, like all this crazy talk, like world class boxers, um, and you have this self image yeah. of yourself, and then you get destroyed. It's like, what does that do to you, like, mentally? Like, the whole image of yourself is just, like, shattered. Your confidence must be shot. Um, And in the the Amanda Nunes fight, like, it looked like, I don't know, like, I don't know. Did you see the fight? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, When I saw that fight, it almost looked like she had flashbacks of the home. Like, she just, like, froze up. Like, as soon as she got clipped with one good punch, she just completely froze up. Oh. And just got annihilated. After t- ten seconds into the fight, it was over. <clears throat> after the first ten seconds, you're right, and, and and it was just like hands were kind of out front, you know. Were, but it's just like she was like almost on autopilot, you know. Mm-hmm. And once again, I I kind of equate that to you know not doing hard enough bar, but maybe I'm wrong. I I don't know, but mm-hmm. it just seemed like right then and there, yeah, she flashed back and and didn't didn't really know what to do at that point, mm-hmm. which is, you know, what I would think instead of you know the whole time instead of working on how to be a better boxer, you know, that's, if you've, if you've been that good at judo and that good at submissions, you know, mm-hmm. you, you don't have to be great at everything. You mm-hmm. have to be good enough to get in there, but you need to work on, you know, okay, if I get clipped, how do I back up? How do I draw that person into where I can get the takedown? Or even if I have to pull guard something, I mean, you mm-hmm. got to work on other aspects instead of, I'm going to match his person boxing, you know, mm-hmm. when, when that's just a horrible idea. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like when she fought Holly home, um, you know, it was this thing where like, she's going to go in there and like just stand and stand and trade with home, like match her skill, uh-huh. skill standing. That was crazy to me. Like I called that fight. I said, if she stands with Holly home, she's going to get like hurt. And, um, I agree with you. Like, I think she probably should work on defensive, you know, boxing or defense or reaction and like well, take it to her world. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, with that fight, it, it's insane to think Holly Holmes been boxing for what, 10 years and Ron has really mm. been training hard at it for what, two. I mean, you're just mm. not going to catch up at that level, you know? Yeah. So her to try and fight it like that was crazy. And then what, she, what does she do? She's, she's, you know, one-on-one problem she's stalking her she's walking her down and trying mm-hmm. to walk it and holly's a counter puncher so mm. you're walking right into her strength and you're <clears> counter punching <throat> and then she's not there because she's moving mm-hmm. i mean if she i mean it's kind of you know it's it's i think it's pretty basic knowledge when it comes to fighting that you know if you're stalking somebody like that mm-hmm. and they're keep hitting and moving and you want to try and get them down you quit following them you kind of mm-hmm. stay in the middle of the ring and you stand there and wait wait for them to come forward you know because mm-hmm. they have to move forward and that's when you try to come Mm-hmm. And get your attack. You don't just keep walking forward. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get them that way. You know, mm-hmm. make them come to you a little bit. You know, back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, once they engage, then then they're closer to you. Guess what? I mean, it just. But you know, I, I just don't understand because you know, I, I I maybe have done a lot of boxing, a lot of MMA. That you know, I learned that lesson pretty quick. It just seems amazing to me that she learned that lesson 
in her title fight. You know, it just seems <laughs> yeah. like that should have already been in the in the toolbox. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are bashing her coach Edmund too, and it's like who knows what's going on in that camp, and it's like, but I think. I mean, who am I to say? I think she needs to definitely change things up. If she's to come back, I mean, she got to go train with somebody else and, and, you know, be honest, like an honest assessment of her stand-up skills, you know? Um, but she might not even come back, like you said, right, Chris? It's just, that, oh, was, that was brutal. She'll never fight again. She'll never fight again. I, th- I don't think mentally she's going to be able to handle it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, cause it, just coming to terms with what is going on and, you know, she's mm-hmm. still, I mean, think about that. I mean, how 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 big she was, built up not only to her head but everybody. The greatest mm-hmm. this, the greatest that, and then all of a sudden that fall from Grace is so that you know pressure. devastating. I think she might be like, I don't really want to deal with this man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yeah, it's depressing, you know. And and here's the thing: if going out there and trying to ever get back to where you were, mm-hmm. or I mean, that's a huge risk to take. And if you don't mm-hmm. get there, then what? You know, then you're yeah. even more depressing. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be. <clears throat> I, I don't personally think she'll ever fight again. But I don't know. yeah, the way um, I don't know if you saw Dominic Cruz's post-fight uh, speech after he lost his belt to Cody Garbrandt. It, I was like so impressed uh-huh. with, with the way he took that loss. I mean, he just took it on a chin, took it like a man. Um, he was, he was honest. He just said that Cody was a better man that night. And in, in contrast to like Rhonda, like she was going hiding, you know, um, with her loss. And uh-huh. it's just, uh, I was so impressed with Cruz. <clears throat> that's, that's definitely like the mark. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the thing is like, you know, that, and that's part of the problem here. I mean, it, it's easy to win. I mean, easy. Everybody's a good winner, you know. It 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 shows a lot about you by how you lose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are, are you gonna whine and cry and make make blame people for what's going on or not have a good? I mean, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I just think you learn a lot more about how a person is by how they lose than you do by how they win. So, I, I agree. Uh, with that, that was a uh, that was very good of Dominic to to be like that, and you know that that fight kind of surprised me mm-hmm. in a way because you know Dominic has been so elusive and so hard to figure out. I mean, Cody mm-hmm. sure figured him out, man. Was, <clears throat> he did, yeah, I, and that that was another story. That was another story that I totally disagreed with. One, the judges had that I think uh, like uh, forty eight to forty seven. I'm like, how do you get that? What out? I mean, the... he won the last round. That was it. He 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 mm-hmm. got killed that fight. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I like Dominic, but I think he lost bad. It, it, before the fight, I mean, I had Dominic Cruz winning, uh, Chris, and um, I'm watching a fight, and and after mm-hmm. the first round, I was like, uh oh, <laughs> like like yeah. this, this is <laughs> not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, this is not going the way that I thought it would. And then um, Cody, Ugh. he did his thing. It was it was a awesome performance. He definitely had Dom's number that fight. I was like, whoa. Oh man. I mean, how many times did he knock him down? Three. Oh, I mean, yeah. That there was one four, knockdown. And that's, that's what I mean. With the, no. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Chris. Uh, there was one knockdown. It looked like like he was almost out. He hits the ground, and Cody puts his arms out yep. like to the ref, like, "Hey, he's out." And Cruz, he just comes back somehow. Like, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like, what is going yeah. on here?" <clears throat> well, that's well uh, agreed, agreed. And, and like to my point, way, way, way long time ago. About the scoring, how does he knock him down that many times? And he and on the judge, one judge's card only wins by one point. I mean, it's like that's <laughs> every time he knocks him down, you didn't get a ten, ten, eight in any of those rounds. I mean, I, I, yeah. I just that, that's crazy to me. I it mean, was. I mean, basically, 
guys. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, Mm-mm. Cruz did win the last round, you know, because Cody didn't really do anything. But besides mm-hmm. that, you could arguably give him another round. I mean, I, I just don't understand how they could, you know, that scoring system to me is, mm-hmm. is not right. How, if somebody gets a knockdown, that doesn't count as anything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. Yeah, at no point, like, Cruz, um, that Cody was in danger of being finished, but, like, Dom, he got dropped so many times, it was insane. Um, I never seen Dom and Cruz dominated like that. Like, it was just, it was wild to, like, watch. Totally crazy. Um, Chris, so I got another question for you. So, um, who's someone in your career that, like, you always wanted to fight, but it just never got, you know, it never materialized? Mm -hmm. Is there anyone out there? Yeah, I was supposed to fight uh, Carlos Condit twice. Wow! Um, the first time, first time I was supposed to fight him, I ended up I uh, <clears throat> blew my ACL out and had to have my ACL replaced and my meniscus oh. and this and that. So I was very disappointed about that one. And then mm-hmm. uh, the funny thing, we were supposed to fight again, <clears throat> and the funny thing about that is um, I actually I'm training, and a little over a month before the fight tore my other meniscus you know and i was like you know what i was like i don't care i went to the doctor and i was like my knee's swollen i need you to drain it and he was like well you tore your meniscus and i'm like i don't think i did he was kind of like yeah you did so i'm like all right well drain it and i gotta keep going he's like well it'll just swell back so we need to we need to have surgery and i was like i can't have surgery i'm fighting here in like a month and he's like okay what we'll do is i checked it out it's not a bad tear we're just going to cut off probably 20 percent of it and Mm then um you know, you'll take you know a week off, and then you'll be able to train. I'm like, okay, um, one week. So I remember a month and a day before my fight, I had surgery on my meniscus. They told me they're going to probably cut 20% out. Well, I woke up, and I found out they said we had to remove the whole thing. I'm like, well, that's mm. not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Regardless, I was like, I was like, I, I don't care. Like, I'm still doing this fight because I really won that fight. I won like a couple. I, I was in a good position right there. I thought you know, whoever won might won that might have got a title fight. So. I was ready to do it anyway. So about a week before I go to fight, uh, they called me and told me that he, uh, he'd hurt his knee and he couldn't do the fight. So oh. I was like, you gotta be kidding. Damn. <laughs> so, oh yeah. my God. I'm like, what is it with us and knees? You know, I was like, yeah. I don't really care. I'm doing it no matter what. <clears throat> but, uh, that would have know. been an insane yeah, that, that, fight. That, that, I know, really like that because he just high, high, high output. We were gonna, mm-hmm. I felt like stand there and, trade and it would have been a lot of fun to to watch I yeah. thought, there's another one i thought no matter what happens here you know there's definitely going to be a fight tonight right or somebody it would have been like uh um i see that fight you know with uh well you and um condit would have been like a lawler condit just you know very similar like you you know uh, condit is just he's exciting uh-huh. also he comes forward he like fights I, I, exactly well, I mean, especially towards the end of my career, I was telling the UFC a lot of times, like, opponents I would like to fight like that, you know, and I always mm-hmm. was saying I want I want guys who are going to, you know, be exciting and come try and take me out. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Chris, um, you, you were, were you were you a full-time fighter while, you know, being a professional MMA fighter at the highest level? Like, how did you manage that? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, like I said, I've been on the fire department almost 16 years now. So yeah, pretty much most of my career, I was on the fire department. That was that was the tough aspect of my life, you know. For for many years, I was working 56 hours a week at the the, the fire department, and like I said, trying to have kids. So mm-hmm. had four kids. So uh, the hard part for me was really just having time to do 
anything besides training. I mean, that's all my life was. It was mm-hmm. training for fights, um, spending time with the fire department and trying to spend time with my kids. I mean, mm-hmm. people would ask me, do I like to, what else do I like to do? Do you like to go hunting, Chris? I was like, I've never been hunting in my life. Like, do you like to go <laughs> golf? I don't do go golf. Do you go fishing? I never fish. I mean, what do you do? This is it. I mean, they like to punch faces. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for me, but you know, I realized really quick, there's, there's 24 hours in a day and this is what I want to do. You know, I had, I had to really categorize my life of what I wanted, you know, mm-hmm. I had a little hierarchy. This was it, A, B, C, D, and E, you know, and usually there was no time for a lot of them because mm-hmm. the, the first three took all my time, you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that was just kind of what I did. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I knew that there was, you know, extended period that I could do that. And I mean, that kind of was what led to me quitting fighting really you know I, I i think i was still fighting very well i won five out of my last, last six fights but i just i was the one thing that was lacking a lot was my my family time my kid i was wasn't really being i i didn't think a good dad so i figured mm. it was you know it was time that time with my kid was never going to come back you know mm-hmm, i mean mm-hmm. it was never going to be able to be there if i didn't mm-hmm. stop it right then so i didn't just kind of retire from the fighting aspect of it mm. I think it's incredible, Chris, that you reach like the heights that you did in MMA while being a full-time firefighter and a and a and a family man. Um, that just is, is like a testament to like your your will and your skill. You know, um, just it's incredible. Um, Chris, what's uh what? I only have a few more questions for you. You've been so gracious with your time. Um, what's the most fun fight you've had, and which one was the toughest? Mm, my most fun fight. Man, I had a lot of really fun fights, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> I remember probably one of my, my, my most fun that I can think of was probably the first, well, when I fought Robbie Lawler back mm-hmm. in, I think, that was a long time ago, but I think it was UFC 45. But I mean, the, the fun thing about that was, I remember, you know, I was not supposed to win that one. I remember I was like a nine, you know, one of the, the polling thing I saw, like 90% of the people said he was going to win. They didn't know who mm-hmm. I was. Everybody thought he was going to knock me out real quick. I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, I, <laughs> I like that. That's what people think. But I mean, just being in there in the moment, I remember when, you know, we start hitting each other, boom, and he's stepping back and he's clapping and then, and then, uh, it's just all that right there. Just really mm-hmm. let me know that was one of the fights where I didn't really care, you know, who was watching or what was going on. You know, mm-hmm. I would, I would want to do that. If it was just me and him and nobody else there, we would have done the exact same thing, you know, and it was just, mm-hmm. it, yeah, and it was just a matter of me and him going, I'm tougher than you are. And he going, no, I'm tougher than you. I'm like, well, let, let's do it. Let's see who's mm-hmm. the toughest guy out here. Let's see. You're not <laughs> going to take me. I don't care what people think, how strong you are and how hard you get hit. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to take you. And it was just a good back and forth fight that, uh, mm-hmm. I think we, I, I really enjoyed that type of fight when, you know, we had that same mindset. And then mm-hmm. in addition to that, you know, I think you know, everybody around us really, really enjoyed the fight as well. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the toughest fight, man, let me think. <clears throat> as far as just like uh, physically tough, you think? Um, Yeah, physically. Or, or you could you could drop a physical and a mental one, you know, where you're like, well, this guy's like, he's a monster. <clears throat> like, you know, I'm having a hard time. Well, well, physically, let me think. I mean, probably I'd have to say for that one, uh, this is my fight versus, uh, Koscheck. You know, I mean, mm. remember when I was fighting that one, I had a lot of game plans and different things I was going to do. And, you know, mm. I trained a lot, you know, if I'm on bottom, how to move, but you know, when I wasn't really used to guys, you know, usually if they, if you get them in, uh, you know, half guard, usually that's a decent position, but he mm. had such a good wrestling base half guard. He wanted to be in there. He would just, 
you know, get a good wide base and, mm-hmm. and, you know, throw these little elbows, not big elbows. He'd mm-hmm. try and push off my face and barely hit me with an elbow. Just, stay just to score, there. right? And then just to score. But in addition to that, it cut me open mm. and, and I bled for, <clears throat> at one point it was, it was one of the top five bloodiest fights in the UFC. <laughs> so I was bleeding all over the place and trying just to, you know, cause when you get that, then it, it becomes a different mentality. It's, you know, you're, you're not, I mean, I was never worried about myself, but I'm trying to think, I, I can't let them stop the fight. I got to move. I got to try and mm-hmm. cover up my head a little bit to make it not look as bad. And then mm-hmm. I remember, you know, standing, you know, standing up at the third round, you know, I'm cut open and I look over and he's just covered in blood. I'm thinking, damn mm-hmm. it, that's all my blood. I mean, so that was a very tough one just because, you know, his, his positioning, his wrestling ability, mm-hmm. um, and his positioning was, was so good. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, I really didn't even want to take that fight because I was like, he's going to try and hold me down. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was wanting to fight guys who wanted to punch, and they're like, "Oh no, he's been doing a lot of stand up." And I was like, "Man, he ain't gonna stand up with me." And I'm like, yeah, right, well, right. Okay. Well, he didn't. He tried to take me down. So, mm-hmm. and then we got to stand up at the end. I, I was coming back a little bit. There's wasn't enough time, so mm-hmm. that was definitely a, a, a tough fight um, mm-hmm. physically because just a guy who's that good of a wrestler with that good of hips and base and mm-hmm. had a good game plan and still some elbows. I mean, that was that was a tough physical fight, but mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> mentally. Uh, like the middle stuff one. was probably the second time, not the first and second time I fought Matt and Sarah. Once again, mm-hmm. we were on that reality show together. Mm-hmm. We were roommates. You know, I still really like Matt, and you know, I never, you know, I, I want him to win his fights. You know, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to fight my friend. But you know, yeah. this is that sport; you have to do it sometimes. So we had to go in there and bang, and mm-hmm. um, then don't like those kind when you don't, you know, you you, you don't want anything bad to happen. you don't want. I never really want anything bad to happen to anybody I fought, but. Mm-hmm. He was definitely one of my closer friends and guys. I'd always want to see good things happen to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's funny because you guys still went all out in there, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, especially the second time. You know, it was funny because I, I was talking to him later. He's like, you know, like the second time we fought, he's like, ah, he, he was wanting to get back to the title hunt. And he said mm-hmm. he felt like the only way to, to fight with me to do it was, if, you know, I'd never been knocked out. So he's like, if I could knock Chris out, then I'll put me right up there for a title fight and so he just said i'm gonna stand there and slug with so like cool you know yeah. i mean he didn't mm-hmm. tell me that beforehand but afterwards when i heard that's what happened i'm like well mm-hmm. <laughs> cool you know i mean i uh, i like i like that and he made it a very fun entertaining fight for sure for sure um that's funny uh chris do you still keep up with um mma and if you do like um who are some of your favorite guys to watch right now uh you know i've been been a big fan of uh, watching Matt Brown fight quite a bit because he, once again, just puts it all out there. Mm-hmm. I was really excited when him and Cowboy fought because he's oh, another yeah. guy who I love watching. So mm-hmm. when those two fight, I fought, I was I knew it was going to be, you know, that, that's the fight I've been really looking mm-hmm. forward to. And, you know, it was a good mm-hmm. fight. You know, it was, it was great, um, pretty mm-hmm. much just like I thought it would be. So really enjoyed watching both of those guys quite a bit. Yeah, of course, I still follow the sport. I got some guys who I helped train who were, fighting right now a guy named andrew holbrook i help out with and he mm-hmm. just won a another he won a split decision the other day i guess uh, jake matthews in nice. australia and that guy's hometown so he's two and one now in the ufc <clears throat> i think he's 12 and one overall nice um so he's got a real good future looking forward to watching him mm-hmm. fight more trying to help him out and i also <clears throat> help out with uh matt matreon who's getting ready to fight fedor that's a yeah fight, so. that's crazy a lot going on there mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, Mitron, he definitely has a, a a chance there. Like that's uh that's gonna be a good fight. 
Um, so Chris, yep. um, you've been so gracious with your time again. Um, in, in closing, Chris, do you have, uh, anything you want to say to the fans or anything you want to plug or promote where they can reach you? Uh, anybody wants to hit me up on, on Facebook. I always, uh, answer people. There's under Chris Lyle, obviously my mm-hmm. Twitter got all hacked and I don't, you know, it's showing all, throwing all these porn things and I, Mm. Couldn't I had to close it down. I couldn't really get to work, so maybe I'll open it up again at some point. But I don't mm. really, I don't really see the Twitter thing that much. So <laughs> Facebook would be the best way. <laughs> Anybody mm. wants to get a hold of me. So, um, you know, just uh, what else? Um, I've been doing a lot right now. With uh, just got back from Connecticut. I go to different schools uh, throughout mm. the country sometimes and talk about uh, anti-bullying stuff. I wrote mm. a children's book for that. I've been going doing that quite a bit, so it's been a lot of fun for me. That's my home state. That's awesome. Oh, really? You're from Connecticut? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Connecticut. I uh, lived there. Um, right now I'm in Florida, but I was there. Um, That's parts right. You of told Florida. me that. That's right. I forget. Yeah, since like '97. Yeah, I, I was so. in. Mm-hmm. I was in like Middleton. I don't even know if you know where that is. Um. Yes, I do. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> so, that's pretty cool. Um. How How do you like Connecticut and New England? Uh, you know, um, I've been there a couple times. I really thought I, I liked Connecticut. I thought it was. I thought it was good. Um. Mm-hmm. Where else? I mean, I've been, obviously, you know, Boston, New York, and whatever, mm-hmm. uh, several different places. So mm-hmm. um, I've always had a good time when I went to New England. It's been good. Mm-hmm. You know, if it weren't for those darn Patriots, I'd probably come up there more often. <laughs> <laughs> that's just funny kidding, yeah oh man chris those those fans up there like i don't follow football but man they're hardcore like patriots, patriots I mean, fans is like good grief like whoa you know um god forbid exactly. you're a fan yeah. of any other team you you know you have to like uh fear for your life you know it's crazy exactly and, you know i'm from indianapolis where the colts are and they had some good <laughs> battles for many years so yeah. I'm sure they wouldn't like me, you know, represent my Indianapolis team. So. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, but Chris, um, that's going to wrap up uh, the episode. And I just want to say, you know, person, like it was an honor. I'm just such a huge fan of yours. And um, thank you for being on and, and, and um, sharing your time. And um, and that's it. So um, that'll wrap up episode 40. If you have any little last words, feel free. Hey, just thank you for letting me come on here and talk for a little bit, bud. It's been good talking with you and uh, talk to me anytime. Let me know. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Um, Chris, you have a great day. And then uh, for the listeners, we'll catch you back with episode 41. 